Welcome to a message of hope and good news for you. Today, Uncle Len with Give Me the Bible and the topic is What Happened to the Sabbath? Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining me again for another in the series, Give Me the Bible. I hope all has been well with you this week, and if not, I hope you have shared your problems with the Lord, because he loves you. He does not want you to be troubled or distressed, but we need to realize that he is not responsible for our problems, but he is willing to help when we get our lives messed up. I remember reading this statement in a Reader's Digest magazine one time, and it's very pertinent. It goes like this. Some people treat God like a lawyer. They only go to him when they're in trouble. It would be nice if we could share our good times with God as well as the bad times. Now to today's topic, which is, what happened to the Sabbath? Isn't it fantastic, observing how a baby turns into a child and to see how that little individual learns? Along with other learning, the child eventually picks up language skills. Usually the first actual word a child says is, Mum, or something which sounds like it. It's great fun when little children are learning to count and mix up the numbers. At about this stage, there's usually an explosion of words and concepts. It's amazing that a child's mind can process such a lot of information in such a short time. Many things a child learns are just there, and the child accepts those things like day and night, for example, without question. Even as we get older, we don't question many things because, well, <laughs> they're just there. Now, I want to ask you two questions about something you've been familiar with practically all your life. First... Where did the names of the days of the week come from? And second question, why are there seven days in a week? Once the days of the week did not have special names. They were just called first day, second day, third day and so on. But we have to blame or thank the Greeks for changing that system, as they gave the days special names, the names of their gods. I suppose you could say what happened is a bit like naming children in a family. Instead of the children having a number in order of their birth, like child one, child two, child three, etc., parents like to give their children distinctive names. 
So child number one might be Angelina. And number two could be Johan or whatever. These were the names given to the days by the Greeks. Number one was Day of Heli. Oh. The second one was Day of Selenes. The third was Day of Arios. The fourth was Day of Hermes. The fifth was the Day of Dios. The sixth was the Day of Aphrodites. And the seventh was the Day of Cronu. The Romans also gave the days names, but their names were also after their gods, which were basically the same as the Greek gods, but with Roman names. And so we get the following. The first day was called the day of the sun. The second day was called the day of the moon. The third day was the day of Mars. The fourth was the day of Mercury. The fifth day was the day of Jupiter. The sixth day, the day of Venus. And the seventh day, the day of Saturn. Now you probably realise that the English language is made up of words coming from Greek, Latin, which is sort of like Italian, French, which back then was called Norman, German, which once upon a time was called Saxon, and also the Norse languages, that is, the languages of Scandinavia. <laughs> it's no wonder English is a hard language to learn. Eventually, the names of the days of the week, but still using the equivalent names of the Greek and Roman gods, developed into Sun's Day, Moon's Day, which we say Monday, Tuesday was Tewer's Day, Wednesday was Woden's Day, Thursday was Thor's Day, Friday was Freer's Day, and Saturday was called Saturn's Day. But in the world there were many other spoken languages which were not Greek, Roman, French, German, Scandinavian or English. These languages, and there are plenty of them, use different day names. The interesting thing is that the seventh day of the week, which in English is called Saturday, is called Sabbath, or its equivalent, in these other languages. For example, in Arabic it is Sabet. In Armenian it is Shabbat. In Bosnian it is Subota. In Corsican is Sabatu. In Croatian it is Subota. In Indonesian it is Sabtu. In Polish it is Sabota. In Romanian it is Sambata. In Russian it is Subata. 
In Portuguese and Spanish, it is sabado. In Sudanese, it is subtu. In Ukrainian, it is subalta. In Israel, it is Shabbat, and so on and so on. At least 100 recognised languages in the world today name Saturday Sabbath. As far as I know, there's no God with a name like that. So where do these many languages get the name, which in English is called Sabbath? The short answer is that the word Sabbath is from God and is recorded in the Bible. In Exodus chapter 20 verse 8 it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. It's interesting to note that the word Sabbath in the Bible begins with a capital letter showing that it is special, just as people and place names begin with a capital letter. The word Sabbath was a word given by God for day seven of the week. And as you have just seen, many languages still retain that name. But why are there seven days in a week? Would it not be better to have ten days in a week? Seven is such an awkward number. Well, there have been several attempts made to change the numbers of the days in a week. One unsuccessful attempt was for an eight-day week. It was so unpopular, it was dropped. Another attempt was to have ten days. It too was dropped, as it seems that human beings are tuned to a rhythm of seven days. So now, let us examine the history of the week and of the Sabbath to see if it is significant in any way. Back in the beginning of the Bible is the record of when God created the earth and all its life forms, including human beings. The Bible is quite clear how God did it and the time that it took for him to do it. You can read the account in Genesis chapter 1. For six consecutive 24-hour days, God spoke things into existence. Let's pick up the story at Genesis 1 verse 20, part way through. And God said, Let the waters teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas. 
And let the birds increase on the earth. And here's the important bit. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. In a future program, I'd like to share with you more about origins, especially about the creation and evolution debate. Incidentally, evolution has no explanation as to why there are seven days in a week. You will notice that a day had an evening and a morning. It was a 24-hour day, just has been the case ever since. The day began at the evening at the setting of the sun. Nowadays, our 24-hour day starts at the middle of the night, at 12 o'clock, which, when you think about it, is a strange time to start the day. By the end of the sixth day, God had finished creating. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And then in verse 2 and 3, the Bible records this. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So, the seventh day was set aside as a rest day. Secondly, God blessed it. Thirdly, it was made holy. And fourthly, it was a reminder of God and his creative work. Back to Exodus 20. This is part of the fourth commandment. We continue. Six days shall you labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is the longest of the Ten Commandments. It identifies who God is and why this day was to be set apart from the others. It also adds that God did something special with the day. He blessed it and made it holy. And he says, give me the Bible with Uncle Len. Please stay with us. We are going to take a short break. We are going to have a song for you, All Time Religion. Give me that old time religion Give me that old time 
Exodus chapter 16, we have a remarkable account of how God fed, fed the Israelite people when they were journeying across the desert country after they fled from Egypt. There were probably around a million people, approximately the population of Adelaide. The people needed food, and God sent food. The food appeared in the night, and in the morning it covered the ground like flakes. It was good to eat. The people called it manna, which means we don't know what it is. The people were given instructions to collect as much as they liked, but not to try to save anything for the next day, as it would go off. These days we'd say it had a short use-by date, of course, some smarty-pants people collected a lot on one day so they wouldn't have to get any the following day, but the manna went bad overnight. In chapter 16, that's Exodus chapter 16 and verses 19 and 20, the Bible says, Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses, they kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So if you were one of those smarty-pants people, if, say, you got up on Monday morning and took your bowl outside, you could collect the manna. You needed to be early, because if you left it until mid-morning, it would have gone, would have melted away. During all Monday... You could eat it raw or bake it or boil it and it would remain unspoiled for the whole day. 
But if you had leftovers and expected to eat those on Tuesday, you would be disappointed. It would have gone bad in the night, and you just couldn't eat it, unless, of course, you liked stinky food full of maggots. I guess God was showing the people that they needed to depend on him day by day. But something unusual happened at the end of the week. The Bible tells us in Exodus 16, verses 22 to 24, and this is what it says, On the sixth day, that's Friday, they gathered twice as much, two omers, that is, about two litres, for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, This is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake, and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left, and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning, as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Wow! There was certainly something significant about the Sabbath. There was a complete reversal on what happened on the other days. The manna did not go off. It seems that God himself was having a rest day by not supplying the manna. And the manna collected on the Friday stayed fresh right through the Sabbath. God was demonstrating to the people that there indeed was a special blessing on that day, the seventh day Sabbath, and he was showing them how to observe the day. In verse 35 of the same chapter, that's Exodus 16, we're told that about a litre of manna was put in the Ark of the Covenant with the Ten Commandments. God announced that the Sabbath would be a sign between him and his people. It would be a perpetual sign. That is, it would go on and on. We read in Exodus 31, verses 12, 13 and 14, this. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say unto the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe my Sabbath, because it is holy to you. God not only said the Sabbath would be a sign between him and his people, but he called the Sabbath my Sabbath. It was his day. 
Now, this is a rather significant point because a lot of people in these times called Sunday the Lord's Day based on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead early Sunday morning. But the Bible defines clearly which day is the Lord's Day. Here are two, out of quite a few other references, to show that the Lord's Day is the Sabbath, that is, the seventh day of the week, Saturday, and not the first day of the week, Sunday. Notice what Isaiah 58.13 has to say. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, and then it goes on. It was God speaking, and he identified the Sabbath as his day. My holy day, he calls it. Over the centuries, the Israelites set up numerous rules and regulations, so much so that by the time when Jesus walked on planet Earth, there were hundreds and hundreds of rules to show how the Sabbath should be kept. Instead of the Sabbath being a delight, it must have been a burden to the people. The Jews had focused too much on the day, and not enough on God, who was to be highlighted on that day. On one occasion in the summer, Jesus and the disciples were walking through a field where the disciples plucked a few ears of wheat and rubbed them in their hands, blew away the chaff, and ate the wheat. The Jews ever ready to criticise Jesus, complained to him that his disciples were breaking the Sabbath by working, as the Sabbath was to be a day of restraining from work, a day of rest. Jesus said to the Jews, The Son of Man, referring to himself, is Lord of the Sabbath. Nowhere in the whole Bible was Sunday ever called the Lord's Day. The seventh day of the week, the Sabbath, has been for centuries and still is the Lord's Day. The reason Sunday has been named the Lord's Day is purely a man-made invention. It is not from the Bible. Now, some people claim the Ten Commandments, including the Sabbath commandment, was given only to the Jews, and that they don't apply to anyone else. But in Isaiah 56, verses 6 and 7, we are told that any person who is a non-Jew, if he intends to serve God, will also keep the Sabbath. This is what it says. It's Isaiah 56, verses 6 and 7. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to serve him, to love the name of the Lord and to worship him, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, and hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. 
For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. This indicates that the Sabbath definitely was not just exclusive for the Jews, but was for all people from all nations. I guess that means Aussies as well. Anyone who loves the name of the Lord, according to that text, will observe the Sabbath. On it, they will refrain from work. It is to be a rest day. It is to be a day to remember God who created mankind. It is to be a day to remember God as our deliverer, who made provision for us to escape the consequence of sin. It is to be a different day from all the rest, a day of worship, a day of gladness, a holy day. But as I observe what goes on in the world, only a very small minority observe the commandment to keep the Sabbath. The question is, why? We will attempt to answer that question in the program after the next. Next week we will see what the Bible has to say about the Sabbath in the New Testament and to see if it was abolished or not. That's it for today. So then, this is Len signing off for this week and hoping you will join me again next time. Till then, I wish you blessings, peace and, of course, happiness.